there has been a change of plans <laughs> this morning. Um, we were going to finish Matthew chapter 17, uh, and it was very appropriate for this season because if you remember the story of Matthew 17, they, they come back to Capernaum, it's Peter's hometown. Jesus, back in our kingdom encounters, healed Peter's mother-in-law, so everybody's, you know, there's a, a good, solid family relationship there, and so Jesus and Peter are going to Peter's home, and then these two tax collectors show up wanting to know about the two drachma tax, which is the temple tax that all the, the Jewish men must pay. You know, it's tax season in Israel at that time, just like it's tax season for us. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Now, so it's very appropriate for our day. But why the change? Well, fear grips our nation. Fear grips our people. And fear is gripping the people of God. We want to be wise. We want to use good judgment as we, as we interact, certainly. But there is such a thing. <laughs> uh, fear grips us, and it's, it's like that classic episode from the TV series, The Twilight Zone, one called The Shelter. If you remember the episode, there are four neighborhood families, and they're longtime friends. They're celebrating a birthday party, and there's an announcement on TV regarding a possible enemy missile attack. This was, these were filmed at the height of the Cold War. And one of the four families had prepared for such an event by building an elaborate bomb shelter with room for three people, the three in that family. And, and if you remember the episode, the other three families, rather than work out any kind of last-minute provision grab, you know, run to Dollar General, run to Food Line and get the toilet paper, you know, or gather in someone else's basement, they, they beg and they plead to get into the bomb shelter, but to no avail. And the neighbors then begin to turn on one another, Fear and madness prevail. They finally bust in the door of the bomb shelter. And, and, and there's madness and there's bloodlust and there's anger in their eyes. And then there's an announcement that says there is no enemy missile attack. And this cloud of madness dissipates immediately. But the families now look at one another realizing that things between them are different. You know, there are words that have been said that you, you can't reload those. There's been no missile attack, but the destruction between the families is very clear. And the final lines of the episode were as follows. No moral, no message, no prophetic tract, just a simple statement of fact. For civilization to survive, the human race has to remain civilized. Tonight's very small exercise in logic from the Twilight Zone. Logic. And over 50 years later, the same questions remain. Where do we go? Where do we turn when life turns upside down? Psalm 46. 
please turn with me to Psalm 46. God, the refuge of his people. Amen. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. A very present help in, in this day of trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at the swelling pride. And then there's a word that says, Selah, which, which could be a musical marking, it could be a, a pause for worship, can mean lots of different things. Selah. I mean, in these three verses, you see God as a strong refuge. But because of who He is, because of what He's done. And years ago, I had a seminary professor that, that, that told me this. He said, Jake, we know who God is because of God's mighty acts that we see in Scripture. God has always wanted to dwell with man. That's always been His plan. Because of who He is, because of what He's done, we know God because of His mighty acts, and we will not fear. Amen. We will not fear. Even though, even if, even if the earth, which is immutable, it's unchanging over time, it's unable to be changed, even if the earth should change. Even if the mountains, uh, impregnable, they're unable to be destroyed, even if those mountains quake and slip into the sea. And, and, and this is a little different than what we see next in verse 4. Look at verse 4. It's a contrast. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. These holy dwelling places of God, the city of God, this is a snapshot of the heavenly kingdom. We've been talking about kingdom encounters, and here it's realized. And there's a river whose streams make glad this city. And it's seen way back in a prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 47. And we also get a glimpse at the very end of God's Word uh, there in Revelation chapter 22. Those first five verses. In, in, in this last book of the Bible, John sees a river of the water of life. Clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street on either side of the river is the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations boy that sounds good in these days doesn't it the healing of the nations and there will no longer be any curse and the throne of god and of the lamb will be in it and his bond servants will serve him they will see his face you know that was moses desire and here it's fully realized. We will see God's face. And His name will be on our foreheads. You know, Isaiah, come to think of it, points to that. I think it's in Isaiah chapter 44 or 46. It's one of those two. But God's name will be on our foreheads. And, and there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. And in Psalm 46 this morning, God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved, even if calamity happens. The whole of your world can fall apart. The whole of my world can fall apart. 
But if we've trusted in Christ, His Holy Spirit is in us. And we are found in Him. We are found in Him and we cannot be moved because we have the presence of God in our midst. Amen. There's another situation in Scripture where there's calm in the midst of dire calamity. It's Exodus 14. Pharaoh is approaching. And the Israelites, they look up and there's all these Egyptians and they're marching after them. And, and they're terrified and they cry out to the Lord and they, and they say to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to have served the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answers the people, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Amen. Then the Lord says to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And then God says this, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And then the angel of God, who has been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdraws and goes behind them. And the pillar of smoke also moved from in front and, st and stands behind the Israelites, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. And throughout the night, the cloud brings darkness to the one side and light to the other, so neither goes near the other all night long. And, and then Moses stretches out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drives the sea back with a strong east wind and turns it into dry land. And the waters, they're divided. And the Israelites, they, they go through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And the Egyptians, you know, they are, they're pursuing them. And all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen are following them into the sea. But during the last watch of the night, sometime between 3 and 6 a.m., the Lord looks down from the pillar of fire and the cloud of the Egyptian army and throws it into confusion. And he jams the wheels of their chariots so that they've got difficulty driving. And, and the Egyptians are saying, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. And the Lord says to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and their horsemen. And so Moses stretches out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak, the sea goes back to its place. 
and the Egyptians. <laughs> They're fleeing toward it, and the, and the Lord sweeps them into the sea. The water flows back and covers the chariots and the horsemen, and the entire army of Pharaoh, which had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survives. But the Israelites, they go through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left, and that day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Him and in Moses His servant. When we the people of God see the mighty hand of the Lord at work, we are to fear the Lord and put our trust in Him. Psalm 46, verse 6. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. Wow, that's where we are. God raised His voice and the earth melted. And the psalmist writes, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. Cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. You know, we worship God because we see Him at work. Verse 10, amen is right. Verse 10, God says this, Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. The Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. The God of angel armies. The sovereign God of creation, our stronghold, our refuge. Our culture. I mean, instead, what are we seeing? We are viewing a society in panic. And this morning, I could feed that. I could feed that. I, I could spout all of my conspiracy theories. I come from a long line of conspiracy theorists. I could connect all my dots. I was talking to my wife on Thursday p.m. She was, she was down in Mobile with, with our middle child. I was talking on the phone with her and I was ranting to her But we don't really need any more ranting, do we? No. We, we are to lead out differently. We as God's people, we have a responsibility to speak wisdom and to speak clarity and calm in the midst of all of this chaos. And how do we respond? That's the big question. How do we respond? Well, 
I mean, how do, how do we, as the people of God on this corner of Route 24, how do we respond to all this stuff? We don't lose our minds. <laughs> we don't lose our minds. We don't panic. We, we, we read these words a few months ago. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Jesus and the disciples, you know, they're preparing to leave Capernaum. This is the first time after Jesus heals Peter's, mother, Peter's mother-in-law. And Jesus gets into the boat and the disciples follow. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being covered with the waves. But Jesus himself is asleep. And, and they come to him and, and they wake him saying, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. They're freaking out. And Jesus says to them, Why are you afraid? You men of little faith? Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind and the sea and it becomes perfectly calm. And we read that the men were amazed. And they said, what kind of a man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? That's Matthew 8. We go to Scripture because here's the thing. This week, you need to, where you've dog-eared these Scriptures, you've got to look at them again. That's why God gives us His Word to remind us of His promises to remind us of His presence. How do we respond? Well, we don't lose our minds, and we encourage one another. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He writes, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that you, this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We, we do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then let us not be like the others who are asleep, but let us be awake, let us be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day... Let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope, not our wishful hope, but our hope, our strong assurance. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Just as, in fact, you were doing. We're to encourage one another. So, we're not to lose our minds. We're to encourage one another, and, and we're to seek God's face. In, in 1 Chronicles 15, the Ark of the Covenant is brought to Jerusalem, the city of God in the Old Testament. And, and in the next chapter, David and the Levites, they begin to have a worship service. And, and David says this in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples, sing to Him, sing praises to Him, sing, speak of all His wonders, glory in His holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Amen. Be glad. Be glad. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face continually. Continually. We don't panic. We, we're to encourage one another. We're, we're to seek God's face and we're to turn from our sin. We are watching a world, a world which prides itself on its sophistication and savvy. We're watching this world stumble trying to make sense. We are watching our culture, whether we realize it or not, we're watching our, our culture begin to grasp that our way of life might just be more finite than any of us want to admit. A culture that has never been asked the question, am I prepared for life to not look like I want it to look? We have a society trying to deal with a virus that's unknown. But what about the virus that we know something about? We're all dying from a virus. One which has infected us all, and that's the virus of sin. Second Chronicles chapter 7, after David's son Solomon finished dedicating the temple in one of the most famous prayers in all of Scripture, the word of the Lord comes to Solomon that night and reveals something. And the word of the Lord says, If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I heard, I heard a question Friday afternoon. Why, why won't God stop this? It's a fair question. We, we live in a fallen world. And, and sovereign God, the King of heaven, sometimes allows things to happen in order for His people to turn from their sin and turn back to Him. We've never been a more divided nation, have we? We've never been at this point with such swaying from the absolutes that God has showed us in Scripture, what God has shown us in terms of lifestyle and allowance. Our children 
We care more about protecting our environment and our wildlife than our children in the womb. Sometimes God allows things to happen so that we can turn back to Him. It's for times such as this that the church is to stand. Do you remember when Jonah took a message of judgment to Nineveh? Do you remember what happened in in Jonah 3? Jonah listens to the Lord, finally, (laughs) a second time. And the Lord says, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I'm going to tell you. And Jonah goes to the city, and he cries out and he says, Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed in God. And they called a fast, and they put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. The highest salaries to the lowest wages. And and the word, it's a grassroots movement, the word reaches the king of Nineveh, and he arises from his throne, and he sets aside his robe, and he covers himself with sackcloth, and sits on ashes, and the king issues a proclamation saying, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink water. And in our part of the country, we know what happens when Flocks don't drink water. That's a big deal. But both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth and let men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows, God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. And God sees their deeds that they had turned from their wicked way Then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. He didn't do it. There's a lot we don't know. There's a lot we don't know about the coming weeks. And we want to we use good sense. And um, For instance, my wife and my son were on two, two tour buses full of kids singing at a, at a Southern Division choral convention in Mobile, Alabama. And there were outbreaks of flu A and flu B on those buses. Some of the kids went home. Some of the chaperones had to go home from Mobile to Roanoke. You know, my wife and son are not here today for that reason, to, <laughs> to be fair to everybody. We want to use good sense. We want to use good judgment. You know, this thing called social distancing, and, you know, I, I didn't greet anybody with a holy kiss this morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We want to use good judgment, okay? There's a lot we don't know, but there's a lot that we do. But, but, this, is, but this is what we've got to focus on. This is what we do know. We have hope. 
We are a people that have a hope. We have Christ crucified. We know Christ crucified, and that is our calling. As Dennis pointed out in our children's time, and he pointed me to Richard Baxter this morning, we are to preach and share the message if we never have the, just as if we never have the opportunity to do it again. To point those around us who are losing their minds, to point them to the one that can be their light and their salvation. And there is no fear. What do we just read in Psalm 46? Verse 10. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth and in the earth. And, and the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. The, the Lord of hosts, the, the heavenly hosts, these, these heavenly armies, the God of Jacob, our stronghold. The God of Jacob, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The, the God of promise. The God of history. The God of creation. The God of promise who keeps His word. The God who has given us His word. His word who has become flesh for us. Jesus dwelling with us. Jesus, the word of God, made flesh to come to dwell with man. Jesus dwelling with us. Jesus our rest. Jesus our Sabbath. Our, our, Jesus is our Selah, our pause. Jesus, our hope. Jesus, our very present help in time of trouble. Jesus.